This is Daily Devotions Best Of with Pastor Tim Dodson from JF Believers Church. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting jfbelievers.com. Matthew chapter 21. Verse 17 says, He left them and went out of the city to Bethany, and he camped there. So they asked Jesus, Don't you hear what these people are saying? They're saying you are the Messiah, that you're the one, the the way, the truth, and the light. What do you have to say about that? Yes, was his answer. Luke's account gives us an added comment from Jesus, one that I think is so very fitting to paint us a picture of the magnitude and wonder of this moment. And it goes like this. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these people should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Verse 18, now in the morning as he returned to the city, he was hungry. Certainly there are aspects of the person and the nature of Jesus Christ that we would readily like to ignore or even replace. We all tend to have a personally comfortable view of Jesus that may or may not be accurate scripturally. Many times that view is one that is generally meek and mild. And then we come to this passage, verse 19, going on, seeing a fig tree by the road. He came to it and he found nothing on it but leaves. And he said to it, let there be no fruit from you forever. And immediately the fig tree withered away. It has been rightly pointed out that this is the only miracle in scripture where Jesus condemned rather than blessed the only time he destroyed life rather than gave life. It's imperative that we understand then, therefore, what the context of the story is. Jesus herein did not have some selfish motivation behind his actions, nor did he have some strange hatred for figs. We need to understand that this type of fig had some special characteristics which made it a great symbolic picture of the greater state of affairs at this point in his ministry, as well as the picture of things to come. Jesus, we know, had just rode into Jerusalem as the long-awaited Messiah. And the people praised him and hailed him king. But within days they would cry out, crucify him, crucify him. Even those who did not overtly turn against him played a part in this fig tree scenario. This type of fig tree has on it an early fruit that grows. Unless the early fruit comes, then it is assured that there will be no latter fruit. Jesus failed to see that early fruit in Israel that would and should naturally exist in a people that had just experienced the presence of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. This fig tree also would generally not have leaves apart from the fruit, at least if the tree was in a healthy state. But just like today, there are many of us who are pretending, pretending that we are indeed spiritually healthy and we are producing fruit, but in reality, well, there's nothing but leaves. Thus, there is the appearance of a healthy state, but it is just an outward appearance. For Jesus, it was a country in hypocrisy. 
for us today, it is Churches and Individuals, a Kingdom in Religious Hypocrisy. So all of this was a picture, an example, if you will, of God dealing with such individuals, those who, in essence, had been given all and produced nothing. Notice that the tree did not cease to be a fig tree. It simply was thereafter a cursed one, a tree which would never see any fruit. And the picture is clear. This too, as well as the meek and mild one, by the way, is indeed a picture of our Messiah. Going on in verse 20, when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree immediately wither away? So the apostles were naturally amazed. Fulfillment of this judgment and its execution was so swift and absolute. There was no delayed sentence, for it came in this life, not in the afterlife. Why did Jesus destroy the tree? He destroyed it for the same reason that he angrily ran through the temple, casting out all who bought and sold. Why did Jesus destroy the tree? He destroyed it for the same reason that he lashed out at the Pharisees for being hypocritical in Matthew 23. He destroyed it for the same reason that he cast the evil spirits into the herd of swine, killing them in Matthew 8. He destroyed it for the same reasons that he became indignant or angry with the disciples for keeping little children from coming to him. Why did he destroy the tree? He destroyed it for the same reason that he deliberately demanded uncompromising loyalty despite familial or personal needs in Matthew 8 and in Matthew 10. Jesus answered, verse 21, Most certainly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but even if you told this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, it would be done. Why did Jesus use this opportunity to give a lesson on faith? Well, perhaps because the lack of real faith in him was essentially the issue. Please note that Jesus didn't scold them for the lack of theological expertise or the absence of some religious ritual or even any shortcoming concerning obedience and even sin. No, the issue here was whether one held a real grasp of the person of Jesus Christ and the subsequent faith that would naturally follow such an understanding. Such a faith, if it is real, will always result in fruit manifesting from our lives. So while the absence of fruit was the overt reason behind his judgment, the root cause behind such, well, that is the lack of a real and living belief in Jesus Christ. What he taught, what he is, what is at stake, what he wants from us, and how he wants us to go about such tasks. Essentially, we could be asked the same question that was asked of Peter there that day on the seashore. Peter, do you love me? In the answer to this question lies the power to move mountains, and no less the power to produce healthy and abundant fruit, by the way. Verse 22. All things, whatever you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. Now the power to do great things for God does not lay in scriptural knowledge, effort, or outward leaves, if you will, that make us look healthy and busy to the people around us. That power, again, comes from our passion, our very love for Jesus Christ. 
And in that love for our Messiah and our passion for his kingdom is a realm of communication that was never meant to be one way. Prayer, you see, is a realm of being, far more than any uh, sort of cosmic request line, a realm in which we seek, quote, thy will be done, end quote. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.